welcome, dear listener, to yet another episode of the Through the Better podcast. My name is Casper McLeod, and with me across in regional Victoria, my co-host for this week, MVD, how are you? Mate, I am going almost as good as what you were a couple of days ago when you were celebrating your birthday. A massive happy birthday, Thank first you. and foremost. But uh, I am getting so excited when this goes to where I think I'll be out of lockdown. I think that's how it works. Nice. Um, I'll, I'll be able to go for a little bit more of a wander around. But hey, um, yeah, looking forward to just uh, getting out and about and trying to get some sort of normality into my life again. Thinking of uh, all those in Melbourne, I'll be honest. We better say that as well. It's it's so heartwarming to to hear that regional Victoria will be going back to some sense of normalcy uh, tomorrow, and that uh, that Melbourne is hopefully not too far behind, not too far behind. Um, and if hopefully. you're one of those people who refuses to wear a mask, do not ruin it for the rest of us. Don't ruin it for the put rest it of on. everyone else. Please put it on. Don't be selfish. Anyways, this isn't about politics. This is about football. Let's get on to it. It was a monster round 17. Some football clubs had their hopes squashed. Carlton and Essendon officially eliminated mathematically from the finals. And Collingwood confirmed their spot while the race for the top four heats up just a little bit more. We'll get into part one of the episode, which is a review of round 17. Top two highlights, top two lowlights, the biggest positive surprise and the biggest disappointment. MVD. You could go first. What is one of your highlights? Highlights? Uh, I think for a side that's sitting on top of the ladder, Port Adelaide are doing whatever they can at the moment to just really fly under the radar. I don't know what it is and what's going on, but they're sitting on top of the ladder very comfortably. I mean, yeah, okay, they're equal with Brisbane. But at the same time, their win over Essendon, and I'm sorry to bring it up, Casper, okay. but their win over Essendon was astronomical like what is it 24 scoring shots to to nine they win by 50 points it could have been a heck of a lot worse for the dons at one stage i think they were sitting 10 goals down essendon so um i think port adelaide are doing whatever they can at this point to try and just say hey take note of us because we're up and about Absolutely. It feels kind of weird to say that about someone who's been on top of the ladder for pretty much the entire season. But, you know, there have been a lot of people who have doubts about them. I'm one of them. I'm still not entirely convinced just because they've had very few losses, but their losses have been really, really bad this year. You're not not alone. You're not alone there because it's seriously like they are the most underrated ladder-leading side I've ever heard of. Yep. In all honesty, it's just crazy yep i fully agree so, with that. what was what was your highlight of the weekend mate Fremantle. man they were mm. scary i know they're playing north melbourne but still when you consider how young the dockers are they're a very very young team what they have nat five stephen hill and that's really all in terms of oh david mundy as well i should mention mundy yeah david mundy. Um, the seymour bloke yeah yep yeah He's from seymour one of, oh, one from my neck I of the did woods. not know that. Yep. Well, now, so now I know that. Now I know that. <laughs> <laughs> they have, so aside from them, and maybe, maybe, uh, geez, I'm trying to think of who else. Jesse Hogan, to a lesser extent. All of their other players on that list are so young and so inexperienced to come out against a, a fellow young team and pulverize them the way they did. 64 points. Hammering. Hmm. I'm just looking at some of these statistics here. They actually lost defender clearances, 11 to 10, which is really weird to say that for a team that won by 64 points. Yep. They're doing some good things over there at the moment. They are doing a lot of great things. They led for the entire game. They've dominated tackles. They dominated tackles. They won tackles 42 to 36. I'm just checking to see if they won possession. They won contested possession 123 to 95, and they won uncontested possession 212 to 139, and yet they also won tackles 42 to 36. If that doesn't tell you how well this Fremantle team are going, then I don't know what else will. Casper, they're currently sitting 11th, 7 and 9. Obviously, there's no hope for them making finals. That's fine. That's not a problem. What I'm thinking, though, 
are they going to be the most unluckiest side out of the eight? Ooh. After starting the season, what they would have been start they would have started the season zero and four, zero and five. Yeah, zero and four. I reckon they were. Um, that would depend. That's a very good question, MVD. I think that that depends entirely if St Kilda misses out, which they still can do. The Saints can still miss it, believe it or not. But if the Saints miss out, then it has to be St Kilda for a team that's performed as well as they have in their victories this year to miss out on finals in the final weekend after looking like near certainties, what, three weeks ago? It'd be devastating for the Saints if that happened. But Fremantle would be up there. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. How about we, what, what about you? Do you, think, do you think that they would be the most unluckiest team outside the top eight? Well, I'm saying St Kilda make it. So, yes, okay. I would say so. Yeah, they started the season 0-4. They started the season 0 and 4, and they're what did I say? 7 and 9 now. So, um, I, I think John Longmire, uh, Long Long Muir, sorry, not Longmire, Long Muir, yeah. and it's not John, it's Justin, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> wow, it's late. Um, Justin Long Muir has got them going, and at a relatively good clip. I mean, they're averaging what is it, 96.7 percent at this point in time. So they're doing a pretty darn good job at this point. Yep. So I'm I'm not too unhappy in, about where they're at. Um, what are they? Uh, they're averaging 50 points, 51 points a game um, and they're conceding 53. So on average, it's a two-point lot. They're losing by two points every week. Um, so I think they're doing a pretty good job at this point in time. They're, they're a young side working their way up. They'll be ones to watch out for next week. Uh, next year. Fully agree with that. The one kind of caveat to to how strong their defense is and has been this year, I think 91 points is the highest score that they've conceded, which was against the Giants a couple of games ago. Yeah. The defense under Ross Lyon during their golden years was never a problem. It was always their scoring. And so if they can find the balance between good scoring and good defense, good offense, good defense, they could become a very good team very, very quickly. So, so for me, they are one of my highlights. One of my other highlights, and I should absolutely commend them, not a stubborn Giants team, nor one of the best goals you will ever see from Brent Daniels could stop Melbourne from coming one more step closer to clinching a spot in the eight. Now, they need a little bit of help getting into finals this weekend, but I thought it was a fantastic way to rebound after two disappointing losses in Cairns. And it's full credit to Simon Goodwin, full credit to the leaders at that club, full credit to Gorn, full credit to Viney, full credit to Nathan Jones, full credit to all these old, old heads for helping steer the club in the right direction on Saturday night and winning a thriller. It was a great game of football. Fantastic finish to it, and they held on. So full kudos to them, Melbourne. And even if you know if they make finals football, not only would they make me eat my own words, but after I tip them to finish last back in round two, oops, that obviously ain't going to happen. It would also not surprise me. It wouldn't disappoint me. They would fully and totally deserve to be there. Yep. Fair enough. No, they've done they've done a fantastic job in getting back, but uh, yeah, no, I think uh, I'm not sure who they're going to go in for. That's the issue I've got. Mm. I'm still not. Tricky. I'm still not sure. I don't. I'm saying St Kilda make it, and in the dogs should beat Fremantle. So if the dogs beat Fremantle um, and St Kilda beat GWS, then Melbourne miss out. So. That's that'll be uh, an interesting one. But my my other highlight of the weekend, and I'm, you mentioned it just there. I've got to bring it up straight off the bat. That goal from Brent Daniels oh. was just an unbelievable kick. Oh. Like, and oh, I'm not going to get stuck into the commentators who say there hasn't been that much turnout the Gabba since Shane Warne. For starters, Shane Warne Shane Warne turned it the other way. He's a leg break bowler, so they go from leg to off. This was a perfect Nathan Lyon ripping off break that just turned beautifully, bowled him over neck and crop. But come on, umpire. It was a goal. I know you want to keep the dramatics yep. going, 
but it was a goal by every stretch of the imagination. Yep. The Melbourne defender did not get his foot anywhere near it. It was a clear goal, signal it, let him have his limelight. I suppose he got his limelight twice. It's a bit like when Peter Siddle got the hat trick at the Gabba. Yeah. Yes, he, to, he got to celebrate it twice. He got to celebrate it twice because Stuart Broad decided to review. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's my second highlight for the week. Little caveat, and I probably should have mentioned this. I completely forgot. Um, Bryce Gibbs retiring, absolute superstar for both Carlton and Adelaide. Uh, it was great to see him get a victory in his last game against his old team, again being chaired off by a couple of his ex-Carlton teammates. That was that was really heartwarming to see. Uh, I need to ask you the question because I know we don't have it on there and all that sort of stuff, but I'm going to ask it to you anyway. What did you think about? the two Carlton players cheering off an Adelaide player. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Look, by all accounts, okay. they're, they're, you know, they're good mates. They used to play, they used to play with each other. I'm all for it. You know, if, if I'm trying to think of another example, um, if, uh, if you can think of one, I'd like to know because I haven't seen it. I don't think I've and... seen it either, but I'm okay. I'm okay with if, for instance, I don't want to jinx it, but if Joe Danaher went to Sydney and retired within two seasons and his last game was against Essendon, I'm totally fine with a couple of Essendon players carrying him off. With Tom Bellchambers retiring, I don't know who's going to be strong enough to carry Joe Danaher off. He's a big boy. <laughs> He's a big boy. Um, so, yeah, maybe maybe they not, might need three players to lift him up instead of two. But I'm totally all for that. Um, I've never seen it before, I don't think but I thought it was absolutely wonderful to see. Personally, I I don't mind the sentiment, but it just screams of where Adelaide's at at the moment for me. I honestly don't like it. I didn't like it. I'm like, here's an Adelaide, here's a listed Adelaide player. Yes, okay. He, He had two of his mates from Carlton and everyone remembers Bryce Gibbs as the Carlton player, not the Adelaide player. But I just, for me, it didn't look good. I don't know. I don't know what it was. It just, it just seemed bad. Yeah, okay. They swapped jumpers at the end of the game as well. I think it was him and um, Mark Murphy. Um, I don't mind that. I thought that was a nice touching gesture. Mm. But at the same time, um, seriously, I, I, as I said, I think it's it shows you where Adelaide's at at the moment. Bryce Gibbs should have been playing pretty much all season in my opinion and the fact that he got chaired off in his final game against Carlton by two Carlton players is there anyone at that club that respected him I think that it would have been and I don't know this I'm not I don't know him personally I'm not close to him at all but I would I wouldn't be surprised if he requested that to to happen Right, because something like I that, doubt, I, I would, don't doubt that. For, I don't doubt that for a fact. So I would think that it would be more disrespectful for the Crows in his final game, and in the AFL, to after luring him with the chance of success after 2017, and then leaving him with close to a wooden spoon in his last season will be a wooden spoon unless North Melbourne get really oh. hammered. There's a couple of things we'll that could that. play out there, but we'll get we'll on to that later. We'll get on to that later. <laughs> I think it would have been massively disrespectful for them if they denied him his wish of getting carried off by his former teammates. I think that would have been the bigger disrespect. And also, you mentioned where Adelaide are at the moment. Adelaide's rebuild the last few weeks has shown the fact that their rebuild is going better than North Melbourne's. It's probably going better than Hawthorne's. It's probably going better than Sydney's. I can't think of a team, maybe except for the Swans in 2017, who have shown so much promise after a lot of angst in the same season and turn around that quickly. Which is why I think that it was such a great show of sportsmanship. And I think what it showed is that it showed the fact that to the it showed the Adelaide Crows players that they care about them, which is big after the whole camp debacle from 2019, 2018, sorry, right? When you had players dealing with the amount of horrible things that they were dealing with in the camp, right? And whether or not it was the club's fault or whether or not it was 
the, 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 the group that organized it, like whoever it was, ultimately it was your players who were, who were hurt by that. And so to show them that they care by allowing Bryce Gibbs to have that final wish, I think it was an absolute massive positive for the Adelaide Crows. And I'll be completely not honest with you, uh, they might surprise a few teams next year. Gasper, he's a 268, 269-game player. If he was a three to 400-game player and he asked to be chaired off by his old team, then I can understand it. But at the same time, for a bloke that's played 268 games, yes, predominantly at the, at the other club, I don't mind that his last game's against them. I don't mind that they swap jumpers. But for me, the optics of it just scream something's wrong. Something's wrong up there in Adelaide at the moment with the way they're going. Um, we can move on. I don't have a problem with it. I might be shouted down and, and told I'm an absolute buffoon. Whatever. I, I looked at it. My first thought was... I couldn't see, I wouldn't have liked to have seen Sam Mitchell chaired off by Hawthorne players when he played his last game for West Coast. I wouldn't like to see Buddy Franklin chaired off by Hawthorne players when he plays his last game for Sydney. Like, that to me, and and that to me is, when I put it in that perspective, it didn't look good. Hawthorne didn't do it with Luke Hodge. And we know how good uh, Luke Hodge has been for for the club. So... I just think the club, if they're going to chair off, the club that he's playing for should be chairing them off. As I said, I stand to be shouted down. And if you do, come at me. I don't have a problem with it. Interesting. Very interesting. Difference of opinion, but that's all right. That's what debate is all about. Moving on to our two lowlights. Does that count as one of your lowlights? No. Um, doesn't count as one of my lowlights. I'm just trying to remember what my lowlights were. I did write them down somewhere. I, could, I can't remember where I placed them. Um but if I keep flicking back, I think there was a low light. Well, how about... Uh, probably how probably about Hawthorne. Uh, I yeah, don't know. Okay. Um, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> nah, uh, Carlton not turning up till... What was it? Half time? Yeah. Seriously? Like, yep. come on, David T. Get them working in a better way because uh, the fact that they're getting off the bus at half time is starting to frustrate a few, play- a few people, to be perfectly honest. Yep. I agree with that. And it's fully should do that. I uh, I don't want to be too hard on Carlton because I think overall they've had a good season, but it's a wasted mm. season at the same time, right? Because they've had, yep. they had an opportunity to, to stamp themselves as a finals, uh, as a finals participant and they completely blew it. So well, I, I think... remember talking to you about putting them in, uh, we were talking about places I, on, when we were talking about them mm. and, and all that sort of stuff. I had them in finals contention. And then they've fallen away and they've fallen away big time. It's something to work on. I understand that. But the fact they, they're showing up at halftime doesn't... They're not, you're not going to win too many games if you're showing up at halftime. Precisely. I think for me, the biggest disappointment has got to be St. Kilda. 6-14. That, that was my other one. Ah, 6-14. All right. Oh, I cannot just... They, they have lost in almost every single loss that they've had, bar two. They should have won. They should have been in North Melbourne. They definitely should have been in Fremantle, and they should have been in West Coast. Win those three games, you're not only looking at a top eight spot, you're looking at a top four spot, signed, mm-hmm. sealed, and delivered. And yet, mm-hmm. here they are with an opportunity to miss finals, their first opportunity finals in nine years, and they are blowing it away. They are definitely hanging by a thread. I've got a mate who's a St Kilda supporter and he constantly tells me, don't let the Saints take your dog for a walk. <laughs> Why? Because they can't hold on to a lead. Oh, that's a good that's a good football pun. I should use that. Um, should use that in the podcast in the, in future episodes. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. But you got a feel for St Kilda fans. They've been through so much so much as a as a support group as a supporter group just throughout the last six decades really nearly six decades and so for me if they if they blow it then that has to be like the height of St Kilda pain surely forget I'll, grand final I'll, draws I'll uh, throw another little funny one at you from the Go same mate 
he turns around. He just goes, all right, don't want a big funeral. Whenever my time goes, I don't want a big funeral. All I want is the security of the football club to lower me down one more time or let me down one more time. It's a good one. It's a good one. It's an oldie, but a goodie. So, the life of a secure supporter. I'm sitting here as a Hawthorne supporter going, gee, I can't believe how poor we've been this year. And, and then I'd say that to my secure supporter. He goes, mate, at least you've seen premierships in your lifetime. I said, yeah, fair point. Yep. Yep. So, now, nah, but hey, there's a thing called the buy between the regular season and the, um, and the finals. Yep. If... If St Kilda make it, which I believe they will, I'm just going to say that now. If they make it, which I believe they will, they could probably do some damage in the final finals camp. They could probably they they would be able to do some damage. Jared Roughhead's up there now, in, out of quarantine and all that, so he'll be able to work on them with their goal kicking. And seriously, I'd like to see them turn it turn it around. It would be great to see. I think for me, yeah. the second low light. I'm not going to pick on Carlton too much. I'll pick on North Melbourne instead. And I know it's kind of like flogging a dead horse at this point, but I don't really care. I'm going to do it anyways, right? Considering that of their three victories, one was because the Saints choked it away in round one. And another was because they were playing the Adelaide Crows, the worst team in the competition, or at least they were the worst team in the competition until North Melbourne decided to give up on the season a month ago. (laughs) <laughs> and I remember reading, and I can't remember where I read this, I think it was on the AFL's website, that Reese Shaw back in February said that it would be disappointing if they don't make finals. It would be disappointing if they don't challenge for finals, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Well, it has absolutely blown up in their face. And now, looking at them, I don't know where they are as a football club and I don't know where they stand for. You know, the kangaroo teams of the 1990s and of the 70s stood for something shin bonus spirit right you knew exactly what you were going to get for them week in week out and that was hard bloody effort and you don't get that from them anymore you do not and reese shaw seems to be a lost 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 soul at the moment with this uh, with this uh, football caper I just don't know exactly how he's going to turn it around. I hope for his sake and for the sake of North Melbourne supporters that he manages to do that. I don't particularly like North Melbourne, so I don't mind them wallowing in mediocrity, but it can't be good for their supporters' health. (laughs) Definitely not. Definitely not. (laughs) Completely agree. Completely agree. I think we should... (laughs) Move on to the biggest oh, positive oh, surprise. I just I don't have much more, much else to say in regards to that. I'm just yeah. it, it's just it's disappointing for them, especially considering what they started the season two and I. Yeah, they are so. a dumpster fire of a team at the Ooh. moment. They are worse Ooh. than a dump of dumpster fire, right? Because at least a dumpster fire is hot. This team can't get hot. Okay, <laughs> this is like Fair the enough. ashes. Of said dumpster <laughs> after the fire. <laughs> we should move on to the biggest positive surprise of the weekend. I'm tempted to put Melbourne in here, but that's a little bit too mean towards them. So instead, I think I'll say the biggest positive surprise continues to be the Adelaide Crows. Maybe yeah, I go. shouldn't I've be surprised. Maybe we shouldn't be surprised. Because they, over the last three weeks, have been the best team in this competition. If you just take the last three weeks alone, they have been the most consistent, the most in, the most incredible, considering the opposite the opponents that they've played, right? They played two out of the last three teams that they won against, have been fighting for a place in finals football, and they beat them both, and they beat them both well. So I think full kudos to them. More impressively, though, that victory against Carlton was away from the Adelaide Oval. They can win away mm. from home. That is now proven. So that is really impressive. And that is something that they can take forward, especially where you compare that performance against Carlton versus the loss against Gold Coast early in the year. Massive improvement over the space of only like two or two and a half months or so. I'll read you a tweet. Funny Go game for- football. This is by Josh Kay. He's a stats guru from, I think, Channel 7. Funny game football. The AFL ladder after round 17. First is Port Adelaide, second Brisbane Lions, third Richmond, fourth Geelong, 18th Adelaide. 
the AFL form ladder from rounds 14 to 17. First, Port Adelaide. Second, Brisbane Lions. Third, Richmond. Fourth, Adelaide. Fifth, Geelong. Go figure. And another little interesting stat for you, and I'm sorry to bring this up, Casper, because you won't like this at all. But Adelaide have won more games in September in the last three weeks than what Essendon have in the last however many years. Yep. How many years is it? 16. (laughs) Sorry. No, it's okay. It has to be said. And I've deliberately avoided bringing up Essendon because I feel like I've flogged that dead horse way too many times. Although we absolutely deserve it. We've absolutely deserved it, especially because Bell Chambers is now gone and McKenna's now gone. Our running game was built off and of Saad those... And out. And does he? I thought that was just a rumor. I thought I heard, I thought I heard that floating around somewhere. It well, I've rumor. heard that Geelong have entered the race for Joe Danaher. North Melbourne wants one of our players. Um, <laughs> oh, why not? Why not? Oh, for the people that couldn't see that, you just, you've just gone, you've just rolled your eyes at me and just shaken your head and gone, what the heck? Yep. Um, With the amount of eye rolling I've done over the last <laughs> few weeks at Essendon, I'm surprised my eyes haven't gotten stuck at the back of my skull. Um, I must say, though, two weeks ago, I was celebrating with you when I saw that it was 20 years since Essendon won the grand final. What so a there team. You go. What a team. Yeah, back in what 2000. Back when and we knew what winning meant. <laughs> yeah, true. True. Um, I'd have to say Adelaide was my biggest positive surprise as yep. well. I'll go with that. Yep. I fully, fully, fully think that they are one of the biggest positive surprise packets the sector last quarter last month. of the season, the last month. Biggest disappointment has to Can be... I go first? Yeah, sure. Go for it. I'll tear off and go with Geelong. Yep. For a side or for a match that was built as a premiership preview or a grand final preview, for starters, seven goals, 15 from Richmond, 57 to 4 7 31. Geelong, what on earth? Really? Is yep. that our premiership? Is that our entree to the, uh, the main course that will be in October? Yep. Give me a spell. I cannot. I hope not. For the sake of the spectacle, I hope that is not our prelude into it. Because seriously, I am not going to be watching it. I will turn off the grand final if that is what we're dishing up. And the people of Brisbane deserve better than that. Agreed. So... I reckon I'll leave it there, but Geelong, seriously disappointing. Yep. If, I, if it was a, okay, if it was a five-point loss, I could take that. But 27, no, 26, that's two and a, two and, two and a third goals. No, four and a third goals. Getting your maths right, Michael. <laughs> four and a third goals. Like, that's, it's not even close. Yep. Yep. All right, what was your biggest disappointment? The Giants. Yeah, fair Golden cool. opportunity to stamp themselves as a finals contender after the disaster that was the loss against Adelaide. They had an opportunity to come up against a team that has been equally as inconsistent as they have, and they blew it. Yep. They scores leveled at halftime, and yet they couldn't make full advantage of it. I was just looking through the stats and I think the one stat, if I could just find it, that kind of blew my mind was the marks. If I can just find it here. Marks for the match. Giants 49, Melbourne 78. What the heck? Sorry, what was that stat again? 49 marks for the match for the Giants. 78 for Melbourne. Thanks to Get Mosh Stats. Seriously, that's an unbelievable number. I cannot believe it, considering that the 2020 average for the Giants is 71.4 before heading into that game, while Melbourne's was 68.4. Crazy. They had taken more marks, the Giants, than Melbourne had heading into that, and yet the Demons crushed them, crushed them, annihilated them in that particular statistic. And I cannot believe that that happened. 
they were dominated for most of the match in terms of time in front. 72 and a half minutes, Melbourne weren't front for. But I will say this, the one good stat for the Giants was the amount of tackles, 67 to 54. Although I am looking for the disposal. Um, and they, they, they won the contested, they won the possession count as well. So there you go. You won the possession count and the tackles and you couldn't win. This is why this team doesn't deserve to play finals football. No, completely agree. I think the uh, Ferrari is just uh, crashed after getting out the garage. And after signing a two-year extension as well. Yikes. Yikes on a trike. Yeah. Moving on to part two of the Through the Banner podcast episode. The major talking points at the moment. We'll, we'll discuss five in total. And the first one, since we talked about Adelaide and we talked about North Melbourne as well, will North Melbourne snatch the wooden spoon from Adelaide in the final round? And do they deserve to? Do, does do North Melbourne deserve, deserve to? Does North Melbourne deserve the wooden spoon of Adelaide? They probably ask North Melbourne supporters. They, they'll probably agree with you and say, yes, they do. Um, can I throw up a different one here? Go for it. Um, if you have a look at it, and if I go back to the proper ladder, so Adelaide, three wins, 13 losses, percentage of 65.8. North Melbourne, three wins, 13 losses, percentage of 71.3. Hawthorne, four wins, 12 losses, percentage of 78.8. If in an unusual universe, which is what this year is, let's mm. be honest, mm. Adelaide beat Richmond, mm-hmm. North Melbourne beat West Coast, Hawthorne lose to Gold Coast, Hawthorne could slide in and take the wooden spoon. Well. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't think, I'm not saying that it will happen, but... Well, look. Well, yeah. Well. On the last on on the last month, Adelaide don't deserve to win the, the wooden spoon. Um, on the if you're looking at the year as a whole, they probably do. In all honesty, North Melbourne, do they deserve it? Yeah, they probably do at the same time. I mean, but it's, um, I I reckon Adelaide will end up getting it. They'll get the number one draft pick, whoever that may be this year. And yeah, that's where I think it will happen. But I like throwing that Hawthorne one in there because anything's possible this year, isn't it? It's very <laughs> true. Anything is possible. I agree with that if one. If you had said this, what? If we had said this back in, uh, what, January, that we'd be playing a grand final at the Gabba and we wouldn't have played any local footy and we'd be sitting here going, what on earth's going on in the world? You would have been told you were in a med... Exactly. You would have been putting me in a mental institution. Absolutely mental. I'll say this. Looking at North Melbourne's losses, some of the big ones. Actually, I'll list all the big ones. 49-point loss to the Dogs back in July. 54-point loss against Richmond. 33-point loss against Geelong. Like you could the Cats kicked a few behind there. 57-point loss to Melbourne. 30-point loss to Collingwood. 63-point loss to Gold Coast in a game where the Suns kicked 12-19. 31 scoring shots to 8. We did. 31 to 8 in scoring shots, and you only lost by 63 points. 36-point loss against Port Adelaide, and then a 64-point drubbing against Fremantle. North Melbourne scores in those matches are 38-23, 35, 28, 42, 35. Abysmal. Unbelievable. Abysmal. Yep. At least Adelaide have shown something in most of their games in the second half of the year. They've shown something. I would rather be an Adelaide supporter than a North Melbourne supporter. And I'm not just saying that because of the 1998 grand final. I'm saying that for the current (laughs) day as well. Abysmal. Yeah. Yeah, no, they've been shocking. So who's going to win it, do you reckon? I, well, North Melbourne can still clinch it if the Tigers and the Crows game is close and the Kangaroos get pulverized by the Eagles. They could still win it on percentage, North Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, they could. I just don't think the game between Richmond and Adelaide is going to be close enough for that to happen, though. Because Adelaide have to make up, I think, a 7.7% 7. 
percentile differential. Uh, so, yeah, nearly five, Try, uh, six, five and a half. Six, six and a half. Yeah, five and a half, six and a half, round about that. So I What's think percent between friends? Yeah, that is just not going to happen. I don't think the Crows are going to get close enough to that. But North Melbourne are very lucky that Adelaide have had the season that they've had. Um, I think for me, okay, so that's that is topic number one. Topic number two, just bringing up my notes here. We have spoken about the Gabba getting the grand final, the people of Brisbane deserving a better quality game than the dredge that Richmond and Geelong have brought up. However, there have been some to question the quality of the ground come the grand final. I think it was Port Adelaide's Hamish Hartlett who said that it might be a boring spectacle of a game with all the Jew and all that. I want to know, from your opinion, will the Queensland clubs hold up? And the, the Queensland, excuse me, the grounds hold up in terms of their conditions for the final series. I'm not so much talking about the Gabba because the Gabba looks all right so far, but Metricon looks a mess in terms of the ground. Metricon, yeah, Metricon does look a mess, and I think Metricon needs as much break as it can. Um, thankfully, they're not going to be playing any cricket on it during the uh, during the summer. Yeah. Um, I think the Gabba will be fine. I... I'm not a huge fan of the fact that they're playing it at night. I understand why they're doing it. Uh, I just don't agree with it. Um, but that's just purely and simply because I, I'm probably more of a traditionalist and would like to play, like to see it played in the afternoon. That being said, I think the Gabba will be fine. Metricon will get what? If the, the way the current ladder is at the moment, from my understanding, Adelaide will host one, Brisbane will host one. West uh, Subiaco will host one. Uh, Subiaco, Optus Stadium will host one, and then yeah, I reckon Metricon will probably host one. Yeah. Um, and then depending on what happens week two, the Gabba and Metricon will probably host one. You'd think, and then Adelaide will host the prelim if Port Adelaide get through, and the Gabba will host one. So I reckon, yeah. They're probably going to get two finals at Metricon, depending on results and all that sort of thing. Um, but oh, I'd like to think it will hold out, to be honest. So, yeah. Yep. And let's be honest, it'll only be a Collingwood, well, possibly a Collingwood St Kilda Western Bulldogs game anyway that's at Metricon. Yeah. Yeah, let's hope it's just one final there. And it's possible that teams, because I think the AFL said that unless it's the Eagles, the Power, or the Lions, um, the home team in a final it's this year pick. will get to pick where they play. Yeah. So who knows? They could say the Adelaide Oval. Uh, they could be they really could. and say can'ts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they won't. But or Darwin. Be interesting. Yeah, why not Darwin? Hey, why not play the prelim final in Alice Springs? That would be interesting. Um Moving on to the next topic of conversation. Speaking of finals, Collingwood. Dugowie is playing the best football I think I've ever seen from him. Single-handedly dragged Collingwood out of the quagmire that was the Gold Coast game. Just looking at the injury list, Jeremy Howe, estimated return in one to three weeks. Chris Main, estimated return in one to two weeks. Tom Phillips, one to three weeks. Ben Reed, one to two weeks. And Brendan Sear, one to two weeks. And Steele's side bottom has returned after the birth of his little bubs, congratulations, Steel Side Bottom. The only people then on the injury list is Dane Beams, uh, mental health reasons, and Will Kelly, who's out for the rest of the year. But those players coming back, can Collingwood go on a premiership run in October with the stars that they have returning? and with the stars that they have on the field playing as well as they have. That is, by the way, the updated injury list as of today. I don't think Steele will make it back. Um, just looking at his photo that was posted about an hour ago on the Collingwood FC uh, Twitter feed um, with his partner, um, Alicia, and welcoming Matilda into the world. Um, congratulations, Sidey. Um, great to see that. So, well done. Um Again, another local boy. I've got to throw him in. He's up. He's from Telegroupna, which is up our way. Telegroupna, Kingupna. Um, I don't think he'll get back this year. Just with the way things are going, and they're not sure where they're playing, and all this sort of situation, I just don't think. I just don't think it'd be worth it. Enjoy the season and all that sort of stuff. Trelaw, as much as it pains me to say it, um, did a very good job on the weekend. Mm. I don't think. Uh, 
I don't think they will go on a on a run for a premiership. I I just I just don't think they will. I think they've yes, they're getting these players back, but how much consistency have they had? Um, will Mason Cox play another ripper game like he did on the weekend? Um, and he gets better opposition. Um, it, yeah, I'm not sure with Collingwood. I'm, the jury's still out. I'm still, honestly, I still don't know whether they should, like, personally, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like, Collingwood have probably made, they've confirmed their spot, but um, they potentially could go out week one. They could, especially if they play the Eagles in Perth. Eagles in Perth are well, now almost Eagles impossible in Perth, to win against. Well, that's it. Eagles in Perth or, or even like St Kilda or Western Bulldogs coming off a week off. Like we saw what happened, what, two, three years ago with the dogs when they snuck into the finals. Like, Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good point. Yep. I think that so long as Collingwood doesn't play the Eagles in Perth, I think that they are a very good chance to win in week one. The Saints with their inexperience in finals, plus having lost to the Magpies comfortably early in the year and very comfortably over the last few seasons, I think will be no match for Collingwood. The Dogs, they have they got crushed by Collingwood early in the year. I think that that still has some mental, um, mental scarring. Uh, scarring for them. Thank you. And so for me, the only way that they lose in round in the first weekend is if they play the Eagles in Perth. The problem then comes after that when they have to play one of Port Adelaide, Richmond, Brisbane, or Geelong. That is very, very difficult. And you have to win four finals to to win a premiership from outside the top four. That's only been done once since the current final system was introduced in 2000, and that was in 2016 with the Bulldogs. Oh, the dogs, yep. Only one other team before that won four straight, uh, sorry, made it from outside the top four. That was Adelaide in, I think, 98. So Adelaide in 98, the Dogs in 2016. And no other team has come close to that. North Melbourne made a couple of prelims in 2014, 2015, but that was it. Casper, I'll say it, I've said it once this episode, I'll say it again. It's a different year. It's a really bizarre sort of year. I know, it's possible. I get it. It's entirely possible. Anything... Anything but, is possible. However, however, just sorry, Likely, fans, to no. put a damper, just to put a damper on things just a little bit, right? To come off a compressed fixture with a number of players coming back from injury, with a with an asterisk on steel side bottom, whether or not he's coming back in. I think, for me. And then, you know, having to deal with like state border closures and then all that, all that complication. For me, it's just too much to overcome to win four finals and deal with all that. Oh, I don't disagree. And, and the, I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but I was thinking about it. The continuity between the players. In a year where you can't get consistent ground time, you've got shorter quarters, as much as I hate that saying at the moment. But the the continuity on these training tracks at the moment is what's getting sides winning, I think. Yep. And if and I don't think they're going to get the opportunity to do it. So. Yep. No. I uh, I agree with that one, MVD. I don't think I don't think they're a chance. Sorry, Collingwood fans. But at the same time, I'm not sorry because I can't stand. <laughs> Speaking uh, of let's. I'd I'd much ra- I'd much rather see things in colour too. Don't worry. <laughs> God, who wants to live in a black and white world? Anyways. <laughs> Move on quickly the before giants, I turn off. <laughs> the Giants. <sighs> they, they might not make finals football, but Bobby Hill, Brent Daniels, Jake Riccardi, along with when Jeremy Cameron, Jeremy Finlayson, Kelly Taranto, Toby Green, when they are on fire, are they the most exciting team in the league? Can I see that and raise you Matt Rowell, Noah Anderson? Um, oh. Isaac Rankin? Isaac Rankin, thank you. Um, at the Gold Coast, like, uh, I'm bullish on the Gold Coast chances in the next couple of years. I'm not as bullish with the GWS. I reckon they've... Um, <laughs> they potentially have shot themselves in the foot 
I would have thought if all years, this would have been their year because they were young, they were quick, they were they were just dominant and all that sort of thing. I would have thought they would have had the opportunity to do it a bit better this year. Um, is this the golden opportunity that's passed them by? Time will tell. I'm not bullish on them. I'm not as bullish on them as other people at this point in time. Yes, they've got some really good players. Yes, they've got some really good goal sneaks. Toby Green's flash in the pan at times. Like, he does some great things, but he only does them rarely. Mm. Um, uh, so I, I'd much rather have a look at what the Gold Coast are offering um, and get a full season into these sort of players and, yeah, see how they go. Um but I think GWS might have missed a boat along the way here, Casper. Interesting. I said it. I said it earlier about the Ferrari. Everyone's talking about the Ferrari and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting like to follow. Playing more like a Holden at the moment instead of a Ferrari. I was going to say a Ford, but anyway. Yeah. Ford. Ford. Found Holden. on the found found on the roadside dead. Yep. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, I, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sold on them. I'm not sold. On, there's something that's not right there. Something that doesn't ring ring jingle bells to me. Can I just point out the four games that I think have cost the Giants, right? To answer my own question, I think they are the most exciting team in the league when they're on with their likes of Bobby yeah. Hill, Brett Daniels, Jake Riccardi, Toby Green, Jeremy Cameron, Jeremy Finlayson, Kelly, Taranto. They are just those names. Any... I reckon almost any AFL supporter would be happy to commit murder if they could get at least three of those players on their team. But some of those players, some of those players are fantastic, and they're really good players. I just they don't all play together at the same time, though. Yep. I like to like like they play together in the same team, but they don't mesh. Yep. If they fully. were able to mesh, then completely yes. Fully um, agree with Jake, that. I'm liking the look of Jake Riccardi. He so. looks awesome. Jake Riccardi, yeah. my goodness, he tore Fremantle apart in his second game. Oh, that Marky tore yeah. incredible. And did you see the stats? Oh, Apparently insane. he was the worst player on the ground. Insane. Insane. Can I just yeah, point this out, f- though? Yeah. The yep, four sorry. games, the four games that cost the Giants this year, right? They've been, they've had more than four losses, but these four losses in particular hurt. Round wasn't two, Hawthorne. Round two, they lost 60 to 80 to North Melbourne. Oh yeah. Knowing what we know now, that loss yeah. is abysmal. Yep. <laughs> no excuse. Nope. Forty-one point loss against Sydney in Perth. Yeah. When their only goals of the game, three goals seven, the equal lowest score ever, and out of those three goals seven, three goals came from dubious umpiring decisions. Yeah. Terrible. And then, the other one was that against Fremantle. Uh, they beat Fremantle. However, oh, okay. a couple of games later, the loss against Adelaide. Yeah. And then the loss against Melbourne four days later. Yeah, there you go. Go figure. Sorry, Giants Got fans. Themselves in there's, the foot. No, there's no big, big sound from the west of the town this year. No. Instead, it's more like it's more like a trumpet that's it's been wet. Like and whisper. It's like a whisper. It's like a... Um, it's like a very, 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 very quiet like mouse. It's like Jerry, like Jerry the mouse trying to sneak his way to get the cheese and not wake up Tom. That's the Giants at the moment. Yep. Right Absolutely. On. Moving on, we should talk about who deserves to be Premiership favourites. Will it be the mighty power? Will it be the Lions? What about the Tigers? What about the Cats? And do the Eagles deserve a mention? You said who deserves to be premiership favourites, yes? Yes. I'll give you who deserves to be premiership favourites, in my opinion. Go for it. But they're not, and I don't understand why. I mentioned this off the top. They've been leading the year, leading the comp all season, and they are uh, not even... People are not even respecting them in regards to it. They are on the fourth line of betting at $7. Port Adelaide. Like... They've been leading the comp so much. Who have they played, says people? Oh, but at the same time, yeah, they might have lost to a couple of players, but at the same as a couple of teams, they've only lost three games for the year. Seriously. Port Adelaide need to be 
looked at in a lot more a lot more different light. I'm I've got Port Adelaide and Brisbane both up there. The fact that Brisbane won't have to leave Brisbane again, yep, means is huge. Yep, is huge. I like in all honesty. In I I would like to see it. Whether it happens or not, I don't know. But I think a Port Adelaide Brisbane grand final would be the best idea or the, be the best result out of this season. Yep, I fully agree with that. I fully agree. Rematch of two thousand and four, bring it on. Let's hope we have yeah. let's hope that we get some more niggles like we did in two thousand and four. I don't think we will. Unless Mitch Robinson decides to go bananas, but I don't think we will. Oh, I remember last year, Brisbane versus Port Adelaide, when Ken Hickley said that they would terrorize Lockie Neal. And as Lockie Neal was coming off the ground, Suckliff came and shoved him in the shoved him in the side and Mitch Robinson and Chris Fagan both looked like they wanted to have at it with Cam Suckliff. <laughs> I'll just say looking at their fixture here, right? We'll look at their it should be acknowledged that their losses, right? Twenty nine point loss against St Kilda, thirty seven point loss against Brisbane, and sixty points against Geelong. I forgot it was that big. Who was that? Bad bad losses. Bad Port Adelaide. Ball Port Adelaide, right? Bad losses. But let's have a look at their victories against the teams either confirmed in finals football or challenging to play in finals football. 21-point win against Richmond. 13-point win against the Western Bulldogs. 51-point win against Melbourne. 17-point win against the Giants. 48-point hammering against West Coast. And... Was that where, where's that West Coast game? Where did, did, did where did I see that? That West Coast that game was, was that was in round four and it was at Metricon. Okay, yep. so they didn't have to play West Coast over there, but they're not going to have to play West Coast over there. Correct. If anything, they're going to get West Coast at home. Yep. Um, I look at it and I just I'm just shaking my head. I'm just I just don't get it. Can I? I can really I just, don't get how they're not there. Can I just throw in a little just caveat though? The last time that the Eagles played the power in Adelaide in finals football, Luke Shuey, yeah, double overtime cool. after the siren. Yeah. yeah. But also, let's, if, well, why don't I just go and I'm just trying to find out. All right. So Adelaide have lost three. They've lost, they lost to Port, sorry, Port Adelaide, Adelaide have lost three. Yeah. Yeah. They lost to, um, they lost to Brisbane. Yep. That's the only result that I'm taking note of, to be perfectly honest. Brisbane have lost to Hawthorne in round one. Geelong in round six yep. by 27 points. And Richmond in round 10 by 41 points. Now, if I, I'd be more... I'm Brisbane have lost to more premiership, side, well, premiership fancy sides than what Port Adelaide have. Like... Geelong and Richmond are the two sides that are being spoken about in the same breath or in the same sort of realms of possibility. So, and they're the two favourites. Richmond are at $3.75 and Geelong are $5. So, I don't understand why people aren't looking at the top of the ladder and going, oh, yep, fair enough. I don't think West Coast can win it. West Coast can't win from home, away from home. Yep. So, for me, it's down to... if you're going to, if I'm going to be honest, it's going to be down to four: Port Adelaide, Brisbane, Richmond, and Geelong. But at the same time, I'd much rather see a Port Adelaide, Brisbane grand final. Yep. Yep, I fully agree Sorry. with that. I fully agree with that. Yep. And I'll say this: I think Richmond could win it. I'm not sold on Geelong because in finals football, since the 2011 flag, they have been absolutely awful in September. I also think Port Adelaide can win it. I think, I think Port Adelaide should be premiership favourites. Although, Brisbane losses haven't been as bad as Port Adelaide's. Like, Port's mm. losses have been bad. Really, really bad. Brisbane, had they kicked straight against Richmond, they would have won. And against Geelong, it was one quarter of football. This third quarter, where they conceded like seven goals or something. And had normally bad quarter that cost them that game. Right? So really, the only bad loss of the year was against Hawthorne. And no offense, yep. but that was because they played Hawthorne. No offense. So that was in round. It was in round one, and it was at the MCG. Yes, they are back in back in March. You know, that's like an entire so, different season away. Can I, can I throw a question with at you without notice? Shoot. 
if Geelong don't win the flag this year, have will we have seen the last of Patrick Dangerfield, Gary Ablett, Joel Selwood, and a host of other Geelong superstars? Uh, I think that Joel Selwood, he's still young enough. I think Dangerfield is young enough. I think Hawkins is young enough that they'll all stay on. But Gary Ablett, I think his time is his time is coming to a close, I think. That's just a gut feel I have about about Gary Ablett. So I think if, is, if he doesn't win it this year, then that might be it. This is going to be uh, an interesting byproduct or a very interesting subplot to this year's final series, I think. I think Geelong have uh, ripe and ready to win a flag and win this flag. If they don't, I think there's going to be wholesale changes at the club. I don't know what, but I reckon there will be. Um, and we all know their form out of buys. So, yep. it'll be very interesting. I fully agree with that one. Speaking of predicting the future, we got to get into the round 18 predictions. Starts off Thursday night, Mockbuster at Metricon Stadium. Mockbuster. North Melbourne versus West Coast. I think West Coast by how much? West Coast by 73. Ooh. Nice. Nice little... They so will, that's what, 12 goals? Yeah. North Melbourne at the moment, they, for this game, they will be the two... They won't be the main meal for West Coast. That will be finals. North Melbourne in this game would be like the hors d'oeuvres. North Melbourne are speed the hump. hors d'oeuvres. The speed right? hump on the way through. It's the, the thing hump, they've got to get... The speed hump the on thing the they've way, got to get past. On the way to the restaurant where the main course of finals football awaits for them. They will use yeah, it like the, the toothpick or like the gum that people eat before dates to make sure that their breath doesn't smell. North Melbourne are the equivalent of gum, which is why I think the Eagles will chew them up. 73 points. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go the West Coast by however much. Uh, yep, no problem at all. What do you reckon? Friday night footy, St Kilda versus GWS. Huge game between these two, and it's on free-to-air TV. Yes. Finally. Finally. Geez, a win for anyone who is definitely against the bloodsuckers over at Foxtel. Who Yeah, GWS can still make it, can't they? Look, GWS can make it. By the way, Foxtel, if you're listening, I love you. But just, you know, if you can stop hogging all the football, that'd be great. Um, (laughs) The Saints, the Giants, Giants can win it. Giants can still make it. The Saints, this game is more important for them, though, because the Giants, they need to win, and then they need a couple of other things to happen. Saints win, and they're in, right? They lose, yeah. then it's a nervous wait, and they have to rely on one other upset happening over the weekend, either the Bombers beating Melbourne or the Dockers beating the Bulldogs for them to make it. Because this game is more important for St. Kilda, the Saints will win by 16 points. Yeah, I, I think the Saints, de- to be honest, as I said, I think the Saints deserve to be there. Um, yep. I think they deserve to be playing finals footy. They've done it. They've done all the running. I don't think the Giants deserve it. I'm just, I hope, I'm hoping the Saints win. To be honest, I'll be cheering for them louder than what I would be for the Giants anyway. Yep, fully agree with that. And the Giants. I don't care if it's. I don't care if it's one point. I don't care if it's two, uh, 25 points. Saints just get over the line. I think it should be a very interesting game. I think this next game is hopefully going to be an interesting game. <laughs> hopefully it's going to be is interesting. It, is it too early to call it the Conor McKenna Cup? Oh, no. It is way too early. That wound is still Sorry. so raw. It's okay. It's all right. Oh, no. Bombers versus geez. Melbourne at Metricon. <sighs> Can Melbourne. Essendon do it? Can Essendon do it? After the 20th anniversary of the 2000 Premiership, back when we knew how to win football games, can we do it? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. No. Um, what is it? Uh, 5,856 days since Essen won a final. I swear, Essendon supporters, right, we have in our burnt onto our skull the number that just keeps increasing every single day that we don't win a final every single I've, day I, I find it fascinating that there's a 
there's a Twitter page dedicated to this. There's a Twitter page. There's a Facebook page. There's probably a page on the corners of the dark web about it. It's just so disappointing. And I'm just so ready for this season to be done for Essendon. I'm just so ready. Melbourne. Well, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? By five o'clock Saturday afternoon, uh, Game will be over. Season will be done and dusted. You'll be happy. You'll be able to go and spend time in that uh, ocean that you're looking at at the moment, wishing you were there. Oh, geez, I tell you what. I, I just, <laughs> I just, I, I just, I don't even, I can't even form a coherent sentence. That's how disappointed I am in Essendon. Melbourne to win. Melbourne to win easily. Adelaide right versus up. Richmond. At Can the Adelaide win four in a row? Can Adelaide win four in a row? No, they can't. Richmond to win by 17 points. Make yeah, it Richmond close. to win this one. Then make it close but not that close. I don't think it'd be, yep. I don't think it'd be a really close. I think it'll be a good game, but it won't be like, it'll be like a thriller. Now, nah, Richmond will win it. Richmond will win it by about four goals, which will, that which means they'll do it in, in like third or fourth gear. Yep. Agreed. Brisbane versus Carlton, Saturday night. Uh, Brisbane by 29 points, just because Brisbane have too much to play for. Top spot on the line. Momentum heading into finals football. And warm up for possibly playing the Tigers once again, their bogey team. And Carlton, they've said goodbye to Matthew Cruiser. They'll farewell Cade Simpson as well. Too many emotions, so we're too emotional for them. And they'll forget to play football. Lions by 29 Eddie, points. Eddie Betts go around again? Yes. Yeah, I think he will too. I think he deserves it. Uh, yeah, I reckon Brisbane will win this one. Pretty yep. comfortably. Yep. Hawks playing a home game at the Adelaide Oval against Gold Coast. Uh, this is Sunday's first game. Suns by 58 points. I'll turn it up. You're just saying that just because I'm on here, aren't you? I knew you'd like that. Yeah. You, like that. you didn't even have to bait that one. I knew that was coming. <laughs> no, seriously, the Suns will win comfortably. <laughs> no, I don't see it. We haven't lost to the. I don't think we've lost to the Suns yet. You absolutely have lost to the Suns. Have we? Yep. When? I remember that very well. Twenty seventeen, round four, heading it. No, round round three. Sorry, round three, heading into the game. Both of you guys were winless, and the Suns won by eighty six points. Eighty six. Try sixteen. That was also Dave. That was later in the year. Oh. We didn't lose by... We haven't lost by 86 points to the Suns, sure. Round three. Uh, okay. All right. I'll find it. No, if I'm, if I'm wrong, I apologise. I'll, I'll send you another Mars bar. Go for um, it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm happy to deal in Mars bars. It's, it means I can save money. Um, Absolutely. Now, I reckon Hawthorne, they farewell Ben Stratton. They farewell Paul Puopolo. Um, I reckon they'll... Uh, I reckon Hawthorne will win. Which is probably not a surprise to too many people, but I don't see us losing to Gold Coast. Oh, I'm looking forward to texting you when the Suns win. Moving on. <laughs> hey, Sydney. put it this way: the Suns, the Suns are, Suns are going to finish higher than us on the ladder anyway. So that's true. That's very now, true. Hawthorne will win it, and we'll finish above Sydney, which will be what we need to do. Sydney versus Geelong. Can the Swans Geelong. do it? Geelong. Mm. We haven't spoken much about the Swans. No, we haven't. I think the Swans season has been all right. I think it's been okay. I think it's been, you know, good-ish. Um, some disappointing losses, some very good wins. That's pretty much it. The Swans, yeah, Swans have been ish. I reckon you yep. could probably just go with ish and be fine. Yep, um, absolutely. There's been some, some absolutely. good games. There's been some poor games. But now nah, I reckon Geelong will win, which means we'll, we'll, finish ahead of, we'll finish ahead of Sydney, which is where I'd like to be anyway. Geelong by 16 points. Moving on yep, to Sunday night football. Now, interesting thing about the Fremantle-Western Bulldogs game is that I reckon the last time that the Dogs beat Fremantle off the top of my head would have to be... Oh, maybe it was last year. Maybe it wasn't that long ago. But the no, it game... Wait, April 27, 2019. There you go. Oh, sorry, Hannah. The dogs beating, the free, dogs beating Fremantle. July tw- July 28, 2019. There you go. By 47 points at Marvel. Now make it two in a row against Fremantle. 
by four points. Yeah, it only needs to be enough, doesn't it? If Western Bulldogs win this, then they get they make the finals, from what yep. I understand. Yeah, fully. Yeah, I, so I believe so. This is where Mel- Melbourne will be hoping Fremantle win. Yep. GWS will probably be hoping Fremantle win. Yep. But uh, I think the doggies should win. Although that purple haze might be engulfing uh, cans at the moment. So, yep. um, up at Kazali Stadium. Yep, I agree with that. And moving on. And then on, Monday night, Monday night we, footy. Monday night clash. The clash to end all clashes. The clash to end the home and away season. The weirdest home and away season we've ever seen. The clash. Let's be honest, Casper. You and I will be sitting there going, "Thank goodness that's over." One hundred percent. But it should be a good game to finish off with. At the Gabba, Port Adelaide and Collingwood, the Magpies and the Power, the clubs that always have the jumper controversy between them because Eddie Maguire never seems to shut up about it. I think Port Adelaide will win by 19 points in what should be think, a good game. I think if Port Adelaide are going to get people taking taking them seriously, they'll win this one and they'll win this one by about five goals. They need to... if. For a side that's sitting on top, I still can't get over it, but for a side that's sitting on top of the ladder, yep. they are not getting what I think is probably the, the kudos in regards to it. So if they want people to take them seriously, let them win this one by five goals and go from there. Yep. Agree with Sound that. Good? Agree with that. MVD, the torturous season for your Hawks and for my Bombers and my Swans, nearly over. Imagine supporting two football teams and both of them suck. Anyways, thank you once again <laughs> for joining me, MVD, on another episode of the Series of Battle Podcast. Best wishes for the Hawks this weekend against Gold Coast. Good luck for your Essendon side against Melbourne. Mate, go and have a swim in that beautiful ocean behind you oh, because, seriously, it's inviting I wish me. I was there. It's cool in my go. name. All right, finish up the podcast so we can so I can let you go and get there. <laughs> Appreciate it. Appreciate it, MVD. Talk to you soon, and mate. You. Take care. Thank you, dear listener for listening to yet another episode of the Through the Banner podcast. My name is Casimir Cloud, and until next week, farewell. <laughs>